Here's what's coming up on today's show. Uh, but we look at all the avenues and decide what should stay, what can go, what needs to be added, and what ultimately gets you closer to the exceptional retirement you're looking for. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Welcome to the show. This is Your Retirement Elevated with Scott Dugan. He is the co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group. I'm Walter Sorholt, and we've got part one of two part series to come on uh, the program, Mastering Retirement Cash Flow. And it's pretty interesting to look at the two, or pretty obvious, I should say. Part one, we're going to look at changing expenses and understanding them. Part two, we'll look at the flip side, the income portion of this conversation. But it's a really important one, Scott, and welcome to the show, because cash flow ultimately is what kind of you're solving for in retirement, right? How can we keep that cash coming as long as we're retired and living? It's all about the personal paycheck. You know, it's, it's not about assets, it's about income. That's truly what we're, what most of us focused on. And when people say, well, I'm, I'm worried about running out of money. Well, what does that really mean? For most of us, it's if we run out of money, that means we run out of income. Those those resource, resources we have are that's the generator of the income you know that goes on top of your Social Security and or pension. And so, I, what kind of launched this idea is I'm researching actually rewriting uh, our six hour retirement class that oh, we cool. a lot of our listeners have been to. You know, we teach them at college classes not only in Kansas City but they're taught all over the country, and so. I said, you know, I'm feeling like I really want to revamp some things, bring in some new material. So it had been a lot of research. And so today's topics come out of my research of writing a new class. And uh, this is a J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Uh, they put out a report uh, into 2022. And the reason I like this, you've heard Walter and I talk about this many, many times, is a lot of the things that you read or listen to out there as far as financial advice they're trying to appeal to the broadest population, the most amount of people. And we've also heard us talk about, you know, the average 65-year-old American is living on two Social Security checks and have around about $100,000 saved for retirement. You know, so that's the, that's the majority of people. Uh, but that's not our, the clients that we serve. We're very fortunate as we've constructed a business where people that have been great savers, uh, conservative with their debts, they come to the table uh, with adequate resources, good idea of what their, their cash flow needs and lifestyle needs are. They just want help because they know that you, you only have one chance to retire right. And most people don't want to go back to work to try to make up for mistakes, especially financial mistakes. And so these that data when we're going out there and trying to figure out how to do these things, a lot of that again is just a too broad based. So what I liked about the JP Morgan asset management study on retirement is they broke it down. Uh, they broke it down from people from $250,000 saved up to a million and then a people a million to $3 million saved for retirement. Cause that one to three, that's definitely the, the vast majority uh, of the families that we help and take care of. And so I want to go over, uh, it was a 58 page study. Uh, we're going to cover two of the concepts today um, and talk about 
just what that theoretical spending profile looks like. And then we're going to talk about how your spending changes, because it's not just that we spend less, it's the, those dollars. We, we spend on a lot of the same things. It just depends on what phase we're in and how much we spend on certain items. And some shrink, some increase, some go away. But so I think we're going to have some really great data for today's conversation. Seems like a lot of misconceptions about this first part of the conversation when it comes to cash flow about the expenses side of things, because it's a little different than it used to be maybe a couple of decades ago, as as many parts of retirement are. But this one in particular, I feel like there's still some some people holding on to some old sayings or old rules of thumb about what's going to happen to your expenses in retirement. And it's a bit more nuanced, I think, what you're going to reveal to us today, Scott, uh, than most people believe. So maybe as a starting point, what are some of those expenses that might drastically change, whether up or down. I imagine it can go either direction here um, in retirement for the clients that you typically see and kind of in this uh, study that you've been talking about. Most definitely. And I think I actually, I'm going to take one step back. Sure. Actually, there is one of the, the images in this report, and it's called the Prosperous Retirement Theoretical Spending Profile. And it's by a book called The Prosperous Retirement Guide to the New Reality. And they break it down into three phases, and they call it the active, passive, and final. Uh, You've heard us talk about go-go, slow-go, no-go. I like ours better. (laughs) Ours is a little more... A little catchier. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, the final phase just eh, sounds a little too permanent yeah, for that's, me. <laughs> even the passive. What, what phase of life are you in? I'm uh, in my passive, passive. phase. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. So it just my yeah, final go, phase. Blah, final blah, phase. Blah. Yeah. Uh, go go slow go no go. We're gonna Although, go with those. No go is not that much better, right? Oh, I'm in my no go years. <laughs> but it, uh, it's it's probably it at least no, rhymes. Right? Yeah, no going on. You know. 30-day world world trips when you're 86. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so you're probably just kind of chilling out. Uh, I got but you. But that go-go phase is usually that, you know, retiring up through age approximately 75. And so that's when people have usually the most energy, the highest level of health, and they know or plan on spending resources uh, to go out and do all the things that they wanted to do, if, th- if that's how they're geared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be the go-go phase through up through 75, you know, kind of slowing down. And again, it's more about spending. It's not about energy level. Uh, you know, you're not just sitting on the couch, but it's, it's how many new things are we doing? How many bucket list things do we have? And so that age 75 up through 85, actually th- this research shows there's a 20 to 30% reduction in spending during that phase. Over a 10 year period, average American family with one to $3 million saved for retirement, their expenses go down between 20 and 30% in that decade from 75 to 85. Okay. Important to note, though, and it's easy to see this on the graph, it's not like you hit 75 and immediately you've got a 20 to 30 percent reduction. It's still a very even slope all the way to those 85. So there's still a pretty high amount of spending even in that 75 to 80 range before you really see that significant deduction really starting to hold. Yeah, it's not a cliff. It's a slope. Yeah, that's a gradual slope. And then that no go is that 85 plus you do see a trail off, you see about 10% decrease. Now here's the curveball that could launch the arrow the other way would be obviously healthcare, long-term care. 
You know, that's the curveball of life that at the end, that's the vast majority of healthcare expenses are at the end of life care. And so we could have increased spending in that final, you know, however long that from 85 on, whatever that looks like. So just setting that retirement age 75 would be the go-go, 75 to 85, slower go. And then 85 plus is the no go, not go so much. How about that? Yeah. Uh, not go so much. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what are some of those expenses that we talked about, you know, what that make up that? And so, you know, housing, you know, many people eliminate their mortgage completely and find themselves with extra cash flow. You know, at the same time, some people will buy a second home and increase their housing expenses. You know, downsize an age old question during retirement as well that has a big impact on expenses. And I would say, you know, downsizing in today's world is usually, you know, the house you live in for 25 years, that's, that's worth $700,000. You sell that and downsize and you spend, you know, 650 (laughs) or or 700. (laughs) It's, it's not moving into a $300,000 house and then having a a whole bunch of cash sitting on the sideline to just go play with, right? Pretty rare that, that that happens. It does, but either they're going to sell their home take the equity and purchase something else, or they're taking that equity, investing the equity, and that becomes cash flow to quote rent a new place. You know, so but so there's definitely some changes in housing. If you're if work is optional, there's no more work stuff, then you might save quite a bit by not working. You know, no more commutes. Uh, have you eliminated wardrobe uniform budget to use to eat out for lunch every day and now you'll have time to cook. Uh, more than likely, you're probably still going to go out, but maybe not as much. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely uh, varies person to person, right? Yeah. So those two, those could be all big money saving items when added together. Another place where you know, we might see savings is healthcare, and this gets more dramatic as we age, as you know, more things need fixing. Now, I have a lot of clients that in their last couple of years of retirement. Uh, they're getting hip knee, whatever it may be. Let's get that, uh, use our PTO or sick leave and get that taken care of while you're still you know, kind of on the company plan. Uh, but if you transition to Medicare, a lot of times it's going to be less expensive, uh, depending on you know, what your healthcare plan look like. Um, but you may see some savings, especially if somebody goes to from a PPO plan at work, and then so they go to a Medicare Advantage plan, which there are some really good Medicare Advantage plans, depending on where you live. They're not all great everywhere, um, but there are some great ones actually in Johnson County, right here in, in, the, in the Kansas side. But you could see some savings there. Now, taxes, uh, that's going to depend on your situation. Uh, but normally high earners can see a drop in amount of taxes when they pay in retirement with a proper plan. That's the whole situation. Because if if we're used to living on a certain amount of income, uh, you're probably going to need a close to that amount when you retire. And so taxes don't necessarily drop like a rock when you retire. Uh, with good planning, uh, I think it's very doable. An example of a, a client worked with about a week ago, two income sources, Social Security, and a, a disability payment coming in. Disability is non-taxable. So we've got it situated right now where there's really paying zero tax. But this client, when they turn 75, their tax rate jumps up quite a bit because now they're going to be forced to take required minimum distributions from their tax-deferred accounts. And so when we're walking through the process, you're going from 
a zero almost to the twenty two percent marginal bracket. That's yeah, a it's, it's a ten percent marginal twenty two. Yeah, just a small but they're <laughs> but they're paying about a zero percent effective rate, and then it jumps up again quite a bit when they turn seventy five. But through a combination of utilizing a tax code, using charitable gifting, and moving money from their the IRA to a Roth, by the time that they turn seventy five. Their Social Security will be untaxed. Their disability payment will continue to be untaxed. And the required distributions, we've got the IRA value small enough. The money that it has to pull out is offset by the standard deduction. And so we're going to have slightly elevated tax rates early in the retirement years, uh, but they're going to drop almost to nothing once we get past this first few years. So it's a really great opportunity uh, where they're going to they're save quite a bit on the, the tax side. And then, you know, retirement savings, when we're working, especially in those last, you know, 10, 15 years, uh, one of the biggest budget items during those working years might be paying yourself. Hmm. And so when you retire, you're probably not going to be funding IRAs and 401ks. And so those are extra dollars you're converting back into your pocket each month uh, that you don't have to account for that. And so that's a positive thing. Travel and leisure, you know how that goes. Uh, every day is a Saturday in retirement. And it can easy to blow your budget to bits if you're not careful. I, we don't have a lot of clients that do that. Uh, but that is one, one area that we want to look at is that travel and leisure. And then finally, you know, insurance. You might save quite a bit of money by no longer funding certain insurance plans like disability. Some people have term life insurance that's going to expire. Uh, however, there's some of those you might want to keep intact and some you want to may add on supplemental insurance uh, you may want to have some sort of long-term care hedge so this category can also increase in retirement uh, but we look at all the avenues and decide what should stay what can go what needs to be added and what ultimately gets you closer to the exceptional retirement you're looking for so I guess, Scott, as we assess retirement expenses, then it becomes helpful to maybe break things down into those two categories, those those must-haves and then maybe those nice-to-haves. How do those needs or wants typically work out for your clients, and is it is it pretty universal from person to person? Well, I'd say that, you know, that must-have, nice-to-have, we call it, you know, essential is the must-haves, discretionary or the nice-to-have. And because the essential is just covering the bases, live your lifestyle. Discretionary is the fun stuff, the trips, you know, hobbies, all those discretionary things. And what we see doing this for over 20 plus years is that when we, you know, start out with that, you know, $115,000 uh, approximate average income, uh, and then it drops. Uh, from there till age 80, 84, and then obviously it increases going from there from up to 95, where it goes from 86.9 to 92,000. And that's just really a function of uh, change in housing, which is obviously an essential. Uh, so that essential change usually is you're transitioning from your current home, uh, maybe no maintenance, maybe it's an independent living facility. Uh, that increases, and then you see the health care does increase uh, over time. Uh, and that's really a constant. And so it's a smaller portion of the budget uh, early in early years, and it consistently increases, where we'll see that hockey stick up, uh, you know, for the, the health care, that's really what you're going to look at some type of 
care where there's someone coming into the home or we're going into some sort of facility. And so I, I think it's that, you know, the, call it the retirement smile. Uh, it starts again at 115,000, drops to low of 86,009, and then gradually moves up to about 92,000. And that's from a 60 year old to a 95 year old. That's the, the level of smile or that curve that we're looking at. And so I think the looks like uh, from all the data, again, from the, the study, is that most of those things are the essentials, stay pretty tight. It's the discretionary stuff. Uh, entertainment uh, it seems to go away. We don't buy as many cars. We're not buying as, as many clothes, things like that. And so that's really the what we see. Uh, and, and another way to talk about that is, again, it's that uh, go-go, slow-go, no-go. And the reason the no-go becomes more expensive is really comes down to healthcare. Mm. It's such a big opponent and a, and a really big equation. So since you bring up healthcare as well there, besides the expenses we've covered so far on the episode, Scott, what other factors tend to contribute to cash flow problems for people in retirement? I think one of the largest ones uh, is not factoring the cost of taxes. Taxes are one of the largest expenses for the average retiree. And a lot of people just don't factor in the concept that the IRS is the toll keeper. And when we take money out of that IRA or 401k, uh, that's going to end up on your tax return on your 1040. Uh, we call it going through a tax transition uh, because a portion of that potentially is going to be taxed, meaning you have to pay the toll or the income tax on that deferred account. And so I think there's a lot of very wise, a lot of smart people that come to our classes. And I can tell you that it's common uh, that on a quarterly basis, we'll have a handful of people that maybe didn't realize that they were going to be, have to pay taxes on those deferred accounts. But what's more common is they don't, really don't understand the ultimate impact, you know, because if you're in that upper marginal brackets, you get $100 and if 20 you know, $20 of that distribution is going to go to the IRS and that you're left with 80% of your cash flow to spend. And, and if you mess up that math, which it compounds. So, so to back up a bit, that's why we want to have a very accurate projection of what it costs to have the lifestyle you're accustomed to. And then we need to factor in inflation. We need to factor in taxes and we need to factor in longevity uh, to make sure that we put those stressors on that, uh, on the plan, uh, that things look good and you're going to be able to sleep well at night and spend confidently throughout retirement, whether you're in the go-go, slow-go or no-go phases. All right. Very good, Scott. I guess last thing to put a bow on the conversation today, how does your planning process, if you can just take us under the hood a little bit and in the context of all of these different uh, expenses that we've talked about and how they impact the cash flow, how does your process specifically help clients manage all of these moving parts and get that consistent cash flow established? Well, the first step is gathering data. And so you think about it, and this is going to 
definitely age me a little bit by saying this, but I don't know, Walter, do you remember uh, going to the mall as a, as a kid? Sure. Those, those, yeah. those, those gigantic uh, buildings <laughs> they had everything inside of. Of course. You, you go shopping, get an Orange Julius, go to the food court, the Sabaros pizza. Oh yeah. Uh, Couldn't get enough so, Sabaros. That's for sure. G- there you go. Well, so when you go into the mall, you walk up to that kiosk and what's the most important thing you have to do? When you look at that kiosk, you've got to figure out where are you now? Uh, yes, the, little, the, the you are here little triangle yeah, or square, you, right? You, yeah. you are here, exactly. So really the first step is figuring out, hey, where are we? All right, Where are we in this retirement journey? What are our resources do we have from an income perspective? What are the assets that we have that are available to generate income? Do we know what our lifestyle currently costs us, how much we're going to have to spend. And once we calculate the guaranteed cash flow, like our pension, our social security, uh, annuity payments compared to our expenses, then if there's a gap, uh, then we're going to have to fill that gap usually by withdrawing from our resources, like our IRAs, 401ks, Roths, uh, brokerage accounts. And so our process, that complete planning process, starts with that data gathering. Where are we? What do we have as resources? What is our plan? What's what's going to fulfill us in retirement? What is it that we want to do? What And I call it the perfect day. What's a perfect day look like for you in retirement? And when you start to think about what that perfect day looks like, retirement's about stringing as many of those together as possible. And to do that, you've got to have dependable, predictable cash flow. And that's done through the financial planning process and how we allocate dollars to certain strategies to make sure we can fill that gap. We can keep up with taxes, inflation. Uh, We can look at what happens if uh, you live a long life, you know, that because that puts extra pressure on the plan. What happens if one of the spouses predeceases the other? That puts potentially income pressure because we may lose a Social Security, lose a pension check. And we go from a finally jointly tax return to a single tax filer, which they're not kind to single tax filers from the tax code perspective. And so our process does all of those projections. And again, it's called financial plan, you built a financial plan. But really what we do is planning because we put the base roadmap together and we monitor that and we make proactive changes when needed. And sometimes we have to make reactive changes if life throws us a curveball, like health issues, uh, you know, death of a spouse, tax increases. So those are the, that's the, what we've woven into that process over the last 20 plus years is to be proactive, let you know, here are the things you need to be aware of and constantly bring those new ideas, new strategies, new obstacles up. And so we can face those together and keep charting a course to a successful retirement. I love it, Scott. Appreciate you breaking all of that down for us. And again, if you've got questions for Scott Dugan, I'm going to give you some ways to get in touch. But definitely be thinking about today 
all of the different moving parts that are in your financial plan. And if you've got uh, maybe some gaps as you try to determine the different expenses that you have going on there or that you're going to be exposed to during your retirement years, you know, don't hesitate to reach out and work with someone who can help spot those gaps and ultimately help you plan for them as well. If you've got questions, here's the way to reach out. You can find Scott by calling 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. You can also go online to listentoscott.com for past episodes and more information there as well. That's listentoscott.com. We'll put the contact information in the description of today's show so you can find it very easily. Scott, thanks for breaking down all these expenses on today's show. We'll look forward to catching up with you again in a few weeks. Absolutely. All right. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.